Radio Bypass, bringing you rock and roll music that deserves to be heard. Discover new bands. Here's some old favorites on Radio Bypass. Hey, rockers. Thanks for checking out another interview on Radio Bypass. In keeping with our goal of keeping rock and roll music that deserves to be heard live and being a place for the hardworking musicians to come and talk about their art, today we are pleased to have a chat with Ryan Jones from the band Corvus Lore. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing great. Thanks, Ralph, for having me on Radio Bypass and the opportunity to connect with your audience. Um, glad to have you here. Um, I, I told you this uh, when we were ch- chatting a little bit before we got started, but um, we, we being me and uh, probably most of my audience, are new to your band, Corvus Lore. Um, we did just play your single, Romantic Traffic, on our last music show last Saturday. Great song, by the way. Um, Thank you. but being that you're new to me at least, and possibly a lot of the folks listening to this, um, tell us about the band. Sure thing. Yeah. Uh, so again, thanks for having me on and a chance to connect with your audience. Uh, Corvus lore, you know, we're Bay area band out in California, been together for, I want to say a little over six years or so now. Um, we have, two well one album's out the second one is in the books but we're dropping singles as you just mentioned you played romantic traffic and thank you for that um so we have two albums basically in the pipeline and uh when people kind of talk or ask about us you know what the band is like we that's that's always a tricky thing right describing yourself and of course, we don't really we don't really set out to say you know we're this or that and you know, we try to be this or that, but we get a lot of comparisons to Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Rival Sons, uh, you know Black Crows, things of that ilk, which I'll take all day long. I, I can hear those are, influences. Those, those, yeah, those are all our a lot of the band's heroes, but you know the band members were a four piece band. Uh, Mike Oneda, Mike Oneda is uh, our Phenomenal basses, Joey Cloutier, the drummer, and Erica Frazier on lead guitar. So, but uh, yeah, just a four-piece unit trying to make it happen out here in, in California. Nice, nice. And your first record came out in 2019, I believe. You might have just said that too. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. And, and and that was uh, that was the same core group of four, the same four of you at that point. Yeah, yeah, all original band members, yeah. We still get along. We haven't killed each other yet. (laughs) Got it, that's a good thing. Um, And then you you have another single out too. I I think um, I I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but did I see there's another single that uh, people could check out too called Boxing Ballerina? Is that from this recent? Yeah, yeah. So that was the first single that dropped off the the pending album release called Lucida. So our second album is called Lucida. The drop date for the whole album is yet to be determined because the band is kind of uh, debating whether or not we're going to do a third single. And so we're going over that right now. But the first single was, yeah, it was Boxing Ballerina. That is supported by actually an award-winning video. Uh, that video was presented at the Poppy Jasper International Film Festival uh, recently this past year, which was pretty amazing. And it actually won Best Music Video uh, oh. for the year at that festival, which yeah, the, and they received video submissions from all over the globe. How we want it is just incredible. And 
a lot of that has to do with uh, the video director and producer who is a Bay Area icon uh, named Mike Swobes. He's just incredible how he pieced and stitched that whole video together. So yeah, check it out. It's so it was a fun video. We filmed it in a professional boxing ring in, in um, San Jose for the day, and we the owners were amazing. They allowed us to come in there and just do our thing, and we filmed that video in seven hours. So it was pretty pretty awesome. But it uh, it's great tune. So if you get a chance, check it out. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. You know, I'm more an audio guy than a video guy, but now I'm going to have to check that out, especially if it's award-winning. I got to see it. <laughs> yeah, it has a Raging Bull kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I, I like, personally, I think the uh, the second video, Romantic Traffic, is pretty cheeky and fun. So that's, that's a unique video as well. But we try to have fun with the videos, you know, try show a different side and angle to the band and hopefully the the video helps tell the story of the song as well right right all right i'm i'm gonna watch i'll I'll, I'll put a link out there uh radio bypass folks too so you can check it out as well i did watch a little bit of uh romantic traffic but then i turned away because i always like when i listen to music i don't know i'm weird and old i guess i like just listening to the music without any images first because i like to have what does that song mean to me not like somebody else's concept of what that song means. Um, so, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. so that's kind of why I never really fully embraced the uh, video world. I mean, if somebody's playing a live gig, sure. But um, all the videos, like even when it was super popular um, in the 80s and everything, and there was all these big budget videos. I mean, it was cool, but it's it. I, I never went to that first. I always went to the audio first for that very reason, because songs especially songwriters that write from personal experiences you know it may mean one thing to them deeply in their heart and soul or whatever but I always find it interesting when I've talked to musicians over the years to learn after I've developed what that song means to me to learn what inspired it to begin with and what it meant to that artist Um, and that's what I love about music that it can mean one song can mean many different things depending on the listener so that's why I like so you are you are totally tapping into me because that's exactly how you know I personally like to write I'm never going to write a song that's totally on the nose and it's obvious to everybody what it is that we're singing about and what we're playing about I like to write songs where people can interpret it in a way to, to what it means to them in their lives. Right. But right. it's, I'm always being, I'm always writing from a place that it's coming from a personal experience and to craft like, okay, my, this experience and what the song is about and craft it in a way to where it's not on the nose and people, like I said, could hear it and go, Oh, this is what I think it's about. And this is what it means to me. That's that to me is awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel as well, exactly. That, that's part of the joy of music, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always do like to eventually know what prompted that song, right? I'm, I'm curious enough to know, okay, the artist that created this, what what was in their head at the time. But first, before I know that, I just want to know what it makes me feel. Yeah, that's great. So what did Romantic Traffic, uh, what... After listening to it, what did it make you think it was? You know, that's a tough one because um, I, I listened to it a few times and I was thinking, because, you know, especially with the chorus, the way it is, I couldn't decide for sure. I've got to still, I got to live with it some more because um, sometimes, sometimes, and this happens to me all the time, especially when, when I have a whole album all at once to digest, 
I need repeated listenings to finally really get tap into my own <laughs> deep down feelings. Yeah, I know yeah, that sounds yeah. weird, but no, um, it's not weird at all. That, that, that's how I am. Uh, so my initial impression, honestly, it sounds like a happy song to be honest with you. That's my just yeah. initial first, like I've listened to it, what four times only, I think. Um, so because of the way the chorus is, especially it sounds kind of upbeat and happy in my head, but I don't, I don't believe though, upon when, as I listen to it more, I don't believe that's what I'm going to take away from it, but that's what it strikes me as. <laughs> well, initially. I'm not, I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm not going to ruin it for you. You have to, you have to call me back and say, I figured it out. Or, or you have to ask me later. I will. I will. I'll find out if I'm on the nose with that or not. <laughs> But yeah, I got to live with it just a little longer, probably another, oh, six listens or so, and then I'll have my opinion formed. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I'm that you way should with- run a, you should run a, a poll on your uh, radio podcast and see what people chime in and see what it's about and see, see how close they all could get. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So you guys listening to this right now, you can send me an email. You know my address, Ralph at RadioBypass.com, but I will also, I will post something on Facebook, and if you guys check that out and answer there, I'd love to I'd love to see what everybody thinks. That'd be fun to, to see what people think. That'd be great. It would be fun. I'll definitely, if anybody does it, I'll definitely um, uh, let you know what we get, Ryan. Cool. So, cool. hey, somewhere in your career, I don't know if it was uh, in the making of this music that you're talking about currently, or if this was in the past, you worked with Bob Kulik at some point. Yeah. Yeah. it's not with this band. Um, I'm originally from Southern California and I moved up here to the Bay area. I want to say it was 94, 95, somewhere in there. And my time growing up in Southern California and doing the whole LA scene, like you and I were talking about prior to hopping on the call, I was in a band called August Again, and in that band was oh, Bob Pace, Dave Rohr, Mike Gretschkoff, and Darren Leader, who's currently the drummer for uh, Steel Panther. We uh, we we just I don't know how it happened, but we ended up connecting with Bob Kulik, and he heard us and grabbed us, and we produced uh, some material with him and. He was, he was tough. He was really tough because I'll never forget being in the studio where recording a song called A Letter Home. And I must have been singing, I don't know, for how many hours straight, just going through all kinds of stuff. And then he, at one point, we get to A Letter Home and vocally it's pretty demanding. And I thought I'm nailing this thing. And then he just chimes in the headphones. Yeah, that's great, Ryan. Now sing it like you mean it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, really? I mean, I was just like, wow, I don't know what else I could do. But he he was great to work with. You know, he always very guitar oriented, right? Right. Um, being a, a, you know, he was in a band called Blackthorn. Yep. And uh, his brother, obviously, you know who his brother is, but he was fantastic and he really supported us uh, during that time era with that band. He was, he was, very influential for us. Yeah. Well, I f- yeah, I found it interesting because somewhere in my uh, cassette archive, um, I've got some things that he produced and, and I, I liked his work. I like, I, I, you know, how much was him and how much was the artist? I don't know, but I liked the results. And so I've kind of always been interested in, in work that he was part of. Yeah. He's, 
Yeah, and I can't believe he's no longer with us. I mean, that's just just incredible. I mean, it's hard to hard to believe. But uh, yeah, well, we're, getting, we're getting that a lot now with a lot of our artists, aren't we? Right. It's, it's, yeah. Twenty twenty three's been off to such a sad start for me. My number one, I have several guitar heroes, but my number one is Jeff Beck, and um, right losing him just. I mean, I, I've never met the man personally. But uh, boy, it felt like a family member went down in uh, the way I felt about it. So yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric Fraser, our lead guitarist, just saw him. I did too in him. November. I, 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 and I'm so glad I did because I almost didn't because I've seen him like 22 times prior to the gig in November, um, and so I almost wasn't going to go. And then I'm like, nah, it's Jeff Beck. I'm going. And um, so I did, and now I'm really glad because, you know, now obviously that was his last tour, so. Unbelievable. But uh, he's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so with him going and then uh, the drummer from BTO and blah, 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 and then I've been seeing. Chrissy McVie. Chris, yeah, Chrissy McVie. Um, and I've been seeing going around on Facebook people posting, like, you know, aging rockers that are still with us currently, whatever, you know, and then looking and being reminded of all my heroes' current ages um, it's just really sad to know that, you know, we're probably going to still see more this year and every year to come, you know? Mm, yeah. But anyway, yeah. but yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's uh, sad that Bob's no longer with us. Um, and then another thing I wanted to ask you about, I saw in, I think information that was sent about the band that you had worked with, uh, Glenn Sobel, Tony Franklin and Greg Bissonette. And I was curious yeah. if that was a single project since Greg and Glenn are both drummers or were they mm -hmm. separate projects? Yeah. So going back to my days in LA, I was working with uh, Bob Pace who was in that band August again, and the band broke up and I continued to write. And by at that, at that point I actually started transitioning to Northern California but I would drive down and I would still do a lot of my own original work. And so I was just in the studio with myself and Bob and that studio was, you know, Bob was pretty busy and he had a lot of uh, prominent musicians coming through there. Uh, he was working with Dave Bates and Robin McCauley at the time uh, with a band called bleed. And um, that exposure brought in Greg Bissonette, particularly he was doing some studio session work in there and I was just again doing my stuff and I needed a drummer. So reach out, we reached out to Greg and, and Greg was very willing and amazing and awesome. And he came in, he did some tracks for us. It was great. And then the same project, um, just a different time, different songs and all that. Uh, there was a couple of things that we did with, uh, Glenn Sobel as well. They're both phenomenal drummers. I mean, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you pick two guys that I really appreciate their work. So that's yeah. And then Tony Franklin, I mean, the fretless monster, you can't go wrong there. No. You know, going back to Greg Bissonette, so he was he was really cool because he wanted to know, he played on this one particular song called Crosses and Promises. And he wanted to know what that was about because from what I understood, he's very faith-based. Mm -hmm. And and uh, he wanted to make sure he wasn't going to be playing on anything that, you know, went against his beliefs or anything from what I understood. And, and so he told him about the song and he was he was totally good with it. And it was, it was awesome to have him on that track. 
it was just amazing just incredible drummer i mean the things i was hearing in my head that i wanted to be done he was already doing it it's like oh my gosh nice that's why he's world class i hope you still have the masters from that uh they're lying somewhere in southern california i i do not have them on me uh i would have to contact mr pace and see if he has them somewhere because yeah uh, a lot of that well we weren't doing reel to reel there we we're doing pro tools then so they, gotcha. they gotta be somewhere around there yeah 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 i think that's something you don't want to lose right right definitely so it was good times that's awesome. All right. So that was all pre Corvus lore. Um, so now that you've been doing this for a while, um, so in this band in Corvus lore, you, I, I, from what I could gather, it seemed like you're like rhythm guitar and lead vocal. And are you also like the main songwriter? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I primarily, I mean, we all, we all collaborate. We all write together. But usually the songs start with me walking in and like, hey, guys, I have an idea. And that idea might be pretty well flushed out, meaning, you know, the structure and all of it is kind of more or less uh, pinned. And I might have a bunch of scratch vocals and, and melodies already pieced together. And then we throw it at the band and everybody throws their ideas in. Or sometimes it's like, yeah, I have a riff or I have a melody or. And then mm-hmm. everybody will start chiming in. But the past two albums, primarily, I've been coming in and, and have a lot of the songs like, hey, I got this song. And then everybody will kind of add their, they'll add all their bells and whistles and pieces. And we'll change some things depending on, you know, what each band member might be bringing because it might open up a new opportunity that we'll explore and maybe capitalize on. Sure. Sure. Do you ever have a song come to you where um, almost out of the gate you hear the arrangement in your head already and you know, hey, boy, I want a acoustic guitar here or I want this kind of a screaming lead over here or I want the drums in this pattern. Do you ever have that happen to you or you, you come up with a song, but it's almost like it comes to you as a complete piece, like arrangement and everything? Yeah, yeah. It, quite often actually there's there's times where it'll start off with the melody and then i'll sit down pick up the guitar and i'll start figuring out okay where was that what key was that in that melody was and i'll start playing with it and all of a sudden it'll just like literally it just pops into my head it's crazy it's it's awesome i, I you know it's that is and, awesome yeah it's it's you know it, does it ever end up in that way? Not all the time. Cause again, we get in front of the band and you know, there'll be some push and pull on some ideas, but I, I do, I do hear like total arrangements and, Oh, I hear a, this part over here. I hear that part over here. And I hear this little drum fill here. It's, it's hard to like, and then you go into the rehearsal room, right? And you're trying to like <laughs> verbalize it all to everybody. And you're always looking at like, looking at you like you're nuts, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. The songwriting, as, as I'm sure, you know, it's, it's agonizing. It's super hard. Yes. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it could be, and you just can't sit down and go, Oh, I'm going to write a song. You know, you gotta, it, it's gotta come to you and be organic and, can't force feed it and just let it do its thing 
For sure. Well, that's why I asked that question because I have a friend that pretty much every song he writes, he hears everything like all at the same time. Like he knows what, if he wants a piano, he knows if he wants a keyboard, he knows what kind of bass sound he wants. He knows what kind of drum patterns and all this stuff all at once. And I find that when, when I hear from songwriters, others that can do that, it just amazes me because to me, just getting the riff to start with is, is good enough. Right. And then figuring mm-hmm. out words, I mean, to, to tell your story <laughs> in a few lines is not easy either. And coming up with a good chorus is not easy. And so to, to, to have a whole song formulate itself in your head all at the same time, it amazes me. So it's hard. I think musically speaking, yeah, but then lyrically, that's that's a whole other beast. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other beast because, again, going back to you know not putting things on the nose, I try to write in a way where things. I don't want to say cryptic, but you know, I I think the lyrics a lot of times are very cinematic. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you know, I like I like writing in a way to where it, it adds that element to the listener. I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, if you're able to do that and, but lyrically speaking, it, it's always very, very challenging. I, I will agonize sometimes on lyrics for like one verse. I'm, I'll go on for weeks. Sometimes it's just like, Oh, sure. Um, I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's it's great when it all comes out in the end and it all comes together to your point like the music works with the lyric and then also what's the story behind it and when it all comes together it's it, it's pretty awesome it's magic that is how i always think of it yeah. magic um yeah okay well that's that's good i was curious about that um as a songwriter and, and exactly you know what your thoughts are on that but um and then you mentioned you know about sounding like you know certain bands having those influences um who would you say your biggest influence is is it more 90s rockers is it more uh classic rockers where do you, where would you say your main influence comes from well if i take a look at the whole band i would say we really cover three decades of influences right from the 70s 80s and 90s mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and then of course we're going to you know, be ourselves. And, you know, you listen to today's music and there's, there's things that pop in from today's music as well. We don't try to, you know, corner ourselves and just listen to one genre or anything like that. And, but, you know, granted, you know, we grew up in an era where it was was all big guitars and stuff like that. So we kind of gravitate to the Zeppelin and, you know, the bands that really, you know, the Van Halen, you know, Eric, our lead guitarist, is a big Van Halen fan. Smart I mean, man. He, huge Van Halen fan. And, uh, you know, so he's he's got that uh, side of him. And, you know, Mike, the bassist is here, is Paul, Paul McCartney. Good choice. Um, yeah. And it's funny, they're both lefties. So, you know pretty pretty cool but we yeah again it's it's it i would say 70s 80s 90s in a lot of ways but we try to when we do the writing we're not trying to replicate that sure it's like we're trying to make it sound like hey this is corvus lore and it's present day and where does that name come from (laughs) it was was an accident um (laughs) 
It, well, it was so the the band used to be called Silent Picture Show, and uh, I was traveling out of the country at the time for work, and we started getting these uh, notifications from some lawyer about that our band name was too close to another band that I guess he was representing. And we were like, and to me, I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't care. It was, it wasn't a problem in my opinion, but the band went back and forth and debated it and said, no, let's just not do it. Let's just change, change the band name, whatever. And the, the title of that album at the time was called Corvus War. Ah. Uh, and, and Eric, he, he coined the Corvus lore thing and he's a big, Alfred Hitchcock kind of thing, you know, you know, the, and all the, you know, the birds and that vibe and, you know, the lore of it all. So right. it really has no significant meaning. It was just something that kind of came up and sounded cool. So there you go. More surprising though, when we actually grabbed the name, I was today grabbing the URL for CorvusLore.com was phenomenal. I couldn't believe that was available. Nice. Uh, we looked out there too. <laughs> I was like, okay, it was meant to be. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. And then um, what? what's next for the band? I see that you do have a gig tomorrow in San Francisco yeah. at Bottom of the Hill. Um, yeah. be, beyond that live gig tomorrow, what else is, what, what, what are future plans for the band? Yeah. So Bottom of the Hill tomorrow with uh, Devil in California. It's going to be an awesome show really excited about that and playing with those guys we play uh well uh, the world famous whiskey a go-go uh, at the end of february on uh, february 24th with dizzy reed from guns and roses sure we're opening up for them and uh, we have a show at mama kins in san jose playing with zed and the watchers that's gonna be a killer show and march 24th we're playing with uh, i think empire state line out of pacifica at longboards so we got a lot of a lot of gigs uh coming down the pike so we're just gonna traverse up and down the whole state of california but and hopefully get out of the state of california and get in some <laughs> other venues you know valley of fire records the label that we're on they've been incredibly supportive you know uh, golden ears tim narducci one of the founders and producer of our album um, he's been incredible. And JJ Garcia, the other uh, founder of uh, Valley of Fire Records, they continue to kind of push and promote us in any way, shape, and form. And so I'm excited about that to be on their label because they're all about really good music and not just, you know, trying to sign a gazillion bands and then you're kind of left in the dark. They're, they're 110% behind the music. So excellent. It's been a true blessing to be partnered up with, with them. And so I think we're going to drop another single. We're thinking about that before we drop the whole album. And if we do that, you know, hopefully the new single will be coming out maybe the end of March sometime in April. Then shortly thereafter, we'll probably drop the full album. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. What else can we expect musically this year too, beside live gigs? So that's good. More music to come throughout 2023 um before yeah. we wrap this up is there anything that i should have asked you about the band that i didn't uh no there's you know they're all super accomplished musicians uh you know very blessed to be part of this group you know it's, it's still all original band members and 
each band member they've had all kinds of different levels of success success throughout their musical careers you know they've they played some very big stages and uh it's just nice to be partnered up with some incredible professional musicians who get it and are passionate about it and just great people in their own right so we'll continue to push and try to keep writing great music wherever possible and get it out there and you know outlets like yours on radio bypass and others it's just i think you guys are doing you know podcasts like this is huge you know it's it's reaching to you know the masses in a different way that you know to your point and speaking earlier you know radio is is, it's kind of tough and but fortunately we live in a a day and age where technology allows us to reach you know our audiences in different ways shapes and forms right right so many (laughs) yeah definitely all right. Well, this has been wonderful talking with you, Ryan. Um, so if people want to learn more about the band, beside what we talked about today, we you did mention we have CorvusLore.com. Um, what yeah. about social media? Where are you guys at? Yeah, you can find us on you know Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all the other usual suspects on uh, social media. And uh, yeah, you can check out Violet Fire Records as well. So... Lots of info between all those channels you could dig up on us. All right, perfect. All right, everybody, we've been talking with Ryan Jones from Corvus Lore. And in case you missed our last music episode last Saturday, I hope you didn't. But if you did, um, we, we're going to replay Romantic Traffic right now so you can check out right as we're done talking with Ryan, the man that sings this song. Um, you can check it out right now on Radio Bypass. Thanks for checking this interview out, Ryan. Thank you, and I wish you continued success with Corvus Lore. Uh, thank you, Ralph, for having me on Radio Bypass and just, again, the opportunity to connect with your audience. It's been fantastic speaking with you. Same here. All right, guys, here it is. Corvus Lore, Romantic Traffic. <laughs> <laughs>